If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. y'all it's dr erica here it's time for another episode of better with dr erica i can't wait for you to hear this episode actually i can't wait for you to even find out what it's about today we're going to be delving into how you can get that better life you know that better life we keep talking about and how to use vulnerability hope and mental health to get you there now my guest is javon wooden and he is a certified mindset and business coach author speaker founder of live not loathe and a U.S. Army veteran. Now, I know you, you're wondering what questions this episode will answer. Well, number one, what is a vulnerability advocate? Yeah. Number two, what is the key to getting the most out of mental health treatment? Number three, how can you have hope in the midst of chaos? Because you know there's been a lot of chaos. Number four, how can you overcome challenges when you hit roadblocks in coaching? And number five, what are some strategies to deal with the chaos in the world around you? Whether you are managing stress, dealing with a mental health challenge, or just looking to get better, there is something for you in this episode. Now, you know, we like to give you some stuff to share. Let me tell you how we share in Better Nation. All you have to do is put the shareable tidbit on social media and use the hashtag Better Nation. See, it's that easy. So now you know what's about to go down. I'm not going to keep you from the episode. Let's do it. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of Better with Dr. Erica. I am, I know I say I'm excited about my guests, but I am super excited about my guest today. Now, the one thing I want to let you know is we're going to be talking about all of the things and you're going to want to stay tuned until the absolute last moment because you're not going to want to miss a single bit of this conversation. Now, the other thing is I just have a feeling that this brother here is about to drop some knowledge. So you I know if you're driving, you can't do this, but if you're not driving, you may want to have a pen and paper by you because I just have a feeling there are going to be some nuggets of wisdoms that are going to come straight at you. Now, before we go on way too long, you know, I am your host, Dr. Erica, Harvard trained, double board certified psychiatrist and host of this podcast, Better with Dr. Erica. I am passionate about helping you be better, do better and live better. I do this through my adult telepsychiatry, my books, including Fix Your Fairy Tale: A Woman's Guide to a Great Life, Love and Legacy. Speaking in this podcast, you know, I do all of this to help busy people like you that show up for your friends, you show up for your families, you show up for your community, you show up for work, you often don't show up for yourselves. And also, sometimes people just don't show up for you. I do this to put you back in your life. Now, as I told you, the thing I'm doing new for season three, I am not going to be reading entire bios. It is not my ministry. Reading is fundamental. I am good at it. 
But a lot of times I realize no one can tell someone's story like they can. So why not give you the best opportunity to hear about my wonderful guest, Javon Wooden? Now, before I have him tell you a little bit about himself, because I, I know his story is so inspiring that you're going to want to hear all of this. So, you know, if you have some, your ears are dirty, you haven't cleaned them, you might want to get the wax out of your ears. Don't put the toothpick. Now I'm saying toothpick. That makes me think of my dad. My dad used to do stupid stuff like try to clean his ear with a toothpick. I don't know what kind of logic he used. I apologize, Dad, for putting your business here in the street because I know you are a listener, and he is great. He is phenomenal. It, just don't even think about him and toothpicks, though. But Q-tips, <laughs> just be careful. But just get the wax out so that you can hear every single thing we have to say. Now, my guest, Javon Wooden, not he's all the things, like literally all of the things, from a media relations specialist, a certified mindset and perception coach, an author, speaker, vulnerability advocate and all this other stuff. But you know what? Rather than have me roll down the entire list of all of the great things about him, Javon, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Sure. First of all, you are hilarious. <laughs> I love the intro. <laughs> that was awesome, Erica. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me on. Um, I am Javon Wooden, mindset business coach, uh, certified in both. I am a U.S. Army veteran, Bronze Star recipient, author, speaker. Uh, but most importantly, you mentioned the vulnerability piece. All of what I mentioned ties into vulnerability, right? I'm a big proponent of that, going through my own healing, my own depression, PTSD, uh, my own traumas. I just really understand the importance of that compassion with yourself, but also with others, and then being vulnerable, being able to you know, take that healing journey and let people know that you need some help along the way. Well, I can't wait to hear all about this journey. I'm I'm sure the people out there, you might want to lean in a little bit. You know, I'm going to lean in. You can't see all the cool stuff in this background. I wish you could. It's like certificates and degrees and, and flags and stuff. It's it's super cool. I, I wish I wish you could well, thank see you. it, but Appreciate but you know, that. I I'm just not big on making this a video format event. So my my bad. I apologize for holding you from seeing all of everything going on behind him. Now, one of the interesting things in your bio is a vulnerability advocate. Can you tell me what that is or how you would describe it? Because I know what I think, but you know, I want to make sure I'm thinking the right thing. For sure. So vulnerability advocate, when I say I'm a vulnerability advocate, uh, that means that I'm a big proponent of people, first of all, being them authentic selves. Um, secondly, going to let people know that they need help, that they, they're not okay, et cetera. All the things you need to do in order to design a life you don't need a vacation from comes from vulnerability. Um, so I know that firsthand because I had to go get some help myself. Right? Mm -hmm. And when I was growing up, you know, as a young man, you're told like, hey, suck it up. You got to do it on your own, stand on your you know, 10 toes down, all these sayings you hear. But no one talks about the part when you can't do that anymore. No one talks about the part where you fall into a deep depression and you need someone to reach their hand out for you. But they don't know it because if you're not vulnerable, you're not telling them these things. You put on a facade like everything is okay. So at some point, there's going to be a crossroads, right? And that crossroads is when the vulnerability really kicks in. Whether you're going to tell someone and you're going to go get the help or you're going to suffer in silence. That's your choice. And it's a big choice. Uh, being growing up in the military or, or being a, a, a veteran, I've seen what happens when you make the choice to not be vulnerable, right? 
I've seen that people take their own lives. I've seen that um, people let it out on people who don't deserve it, right? Because they haven't dealt with the trauma. There's a lot of negative things that happen when you're not vulnerable. Um, so that's why I went the other way. And I said, listen, we all need to be able to talk about these things. We all need to feel comfortable enough. And you know about psychological safety, feeling that psychologically safe to say like, hey, this is what I need. This is what I um, I'm, I'm struggling with whatever the case may be. I um, mean, it shows up in all aspects of your life, that vulnerability, right? So it shows up in work. When you're on that meeting, you have something to say and <laughs> you're like, damn, I don't really want to say this because everyone else is thinking this way. That group think, right? Getting out of that mm -hmm. and being an individual, that's a part of vulnerability. So I'm just a huge proponent of that. I feel like, I'd say you just said a word, but that was like a hundred of them that were all really good. And I want to just pull out a, a few things. One is I love how you said a life that you don't need a vacation from, especially because I won't lie. I'm on vacation and all my listeners in better nation know that I've spoken about it. My mother's a news junkie. Like it's MSNBC 24 hours a day. I'm the kind of person that I don't watch the news at all at home on purpose for energy conservation purposes. Same, same here. I literally watching the news all day yesterday. I'm like, I don't need to watch the news for one more year. <laughs> but I love how you said a life that you don't need a vacation from because it's so important to have a life that you feel good about. And that's why I say mm -hmm. I, I'm here to help people be better, do better, and live better because there are a lot of these external variables and things going on. And this particular season has been full of so much craziness. We could fill two hours of a podcast literally just listing all of the crazy. Yes, I said it. It's probably not the most politically correct thing. All of the chaos that's been going on is that you have to somehow gain control and create this pocket of your own life. Mm -hmm. because we can't control all these folks out here that are just, I mean, they are, they have dug in and are highly invested in the chaos. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's, you said a word, right? Uh, it's just like that protection of your energy. Energy is transferred, whether you want it to be or not, whether you think you're bringing this stuff in, when you watch that negative stuff and become inundated with nothing but that type of negativity, it shows up um, and you start to feel a little heavier, you start to wonder why you're getting frustrated faster. You know, all those things It's because of that what you're taking in. So that's what exactly what I'm talking about. When you design a life, you don't need a vacation from. It starts within right? that mindset. I had someone ask me the other day, said, hey, I feel like I live a pretty good life and I still need a vacation. I said, well, did you hear the story about Snoop Dogg that he had took his first vacation in 30 years? That's the life you don't need a vacation from. He's doing exactly what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And he's owning his time and he's owning his life unapologetically being himself. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about. Like so many of us, we're so worried about what everyone else is saying and doing that we forget that we have our own mind, right? We don't have to be assimilated. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go with whatever the, the crowd is going with the lemming mentality, just following whatever. We can be the change makers. And that's what I call my community, change makers. Those who dare to think differently, believe differently, and act differently. Well, and I love creating that life because I feel like creating that, that space of how you actually live can also be a way to have hope. I literally did an interview earlier this week and someone said with everything going on, how can people actually have hope? And I, I think a lot of it comes from 
it's a lot of things that are very internal. So I'm really excited that we're going to be able to also have a conversation around mindset. But I also mm-hmm. want to circle back to a lot of what you were talking about, about vulnerability, because I know a lot of people out there have heard a little bit more about vulnerability since that's part of Brene Brown's platform. Mm-hmm. But I number one, I have to say it's you all can't see my guests. You may have seen the cover, but to actually have a black man stand in his truth and mention being vulnerable, I think is extremely powerful. I think you're, you belong to numerous communities where that's extremely powerful because I realize the way my bios are written, you probably don't know part of my background is I have done some contracts with the military. So I've actually done med mm. boards and I've worked on mm. inpatient units at Walter Reed and I've done quite a bit of work in the VA. So I've done quite a work with, bit of work with active duty and um, veterans and that just to be able because the culture in the military is not a culture of vulnerability to be able to stand and authentically stand in those multiple identities, because for all of my listeners, all of you in better nation, I know nobody has just a singular identity is to be able to stand in all of those and be an advocate for vulnerability and realize how important it is. I I just want to give you a virtual round of applause. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, that is actually one of the reasons why I, I specify that vulnerability advocate piece is because when I was looking for my own help, there was slim to none people who look like me, right? When you talk about black men, um, people who would understand the plight, people who, um, you know, just have gone through some things that's similar to, to my background. Uh, and that's why I had to come out here. Um, and I realized As soon as I start letting myself become transparent and be me, um, just everywhere I show up, things started going well, right? Things started going well for me. Um, And I hope that listeners understand that, right? That when you start showing and allowing your unique gift to be manifested and put into this world, you transpose what is internally you into the external world. That's when things are starting to open up. A lot of people wonder why things are so hard, so difficult for them. That's why. Because you're not stepping into your own uniqueness, you know, and to be to do that, you have to be willing to have those naysayers say, you know, whatever they're going to say. You have to be willing to lose some friends who at least you thought were friends. You have to be willing to grow into that life. And it's going to be hard. Right. No one said vulnerability was going to be easy. But if you truly want to design that life we were just talking about, you don't need a vacation from you're going to have to step into that vulnerability and own it. I am a huge fan. Can I can I just say I'm really enjoying this already? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm on vacation that I don't have to get away from hanging out with you, Javon. Yeah, so I appreciate it, Dr. Erica. I'm enjoying it as well. Love the energy I, for sure. I am feeling I'm feeling all the love. And one of the reasons I'm so glad that you started with the conversation where you did is that as a mental health professional, one of the reasons people have challenges getting the most out of mental health treatment is not being able to get into that vulnerable space. Now out there listening, I'm not, this is not a blaming situation because there are numerous reasons. Sometimes people don't feel vulnerable. Sometimes they don't feel safe in a therapeutic situation. Sometimes they don't feel like they're heard. They don't feel like it's a good fit. Sometimes they just aren't ready. There can be numerous reasons, but 
to get the most out of any mental health treatment, the more vulnerable you can be and the more open and honest you can be, the better someone, number one, is going to understand you. Number two, the better they will be able to join you. Number three, the better they're going to be able to come up with a plan that actually works for what's going on with you. And one of the things I often say, because number one, we talk about that better seven, those seven areas that are essential for you to have that better life. And one of them is support. And in that support can be mental health professionals. But one of the things that's so important is being able to be vulnerable enough to feel comfortable in those environments, showing how you really are and how you're really doing. Because I'm sure all of you have been in a situation, it may not even been with a mental health professional. It could even be with your your friends, your coworkers, or your family, where they're like, well, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm doing fine. I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. And you feel like trash. You're exhausted. You're tired. Right. You, you know, you might be depressed. You might be down. You might be irritable. You might be hopeless. But you're like, oh, I'm cool. And then no one can help you because you said you were cool and people took you at face value that you're cool. And right. I think it's just such a key piece to forming a good therapeutic relationship is to feel comfortable. And then if you can't feel comfortable feeling vulnerable in with a mental health professional, if that's something that you need, is then exploring why you can't be vulnerable to figure out what can be tweaked. If is it the relationship itself is it that you just aren't com- you wouldn't be comfortable no matter who it was, or if it's something about that person that just doesn't make you feel safe? Yeah, for sure, there's a lot a lot to um, think about when you go and look for you know the professional services, you know, like the the vibe you have, um, what type of therapy if you're looking for therapy, mm-hmm. what type, you know, because there's a number of different uh, modalities. So that's the thing you think about. What are you looking to address? What is the goal, the end state? Uh, but the most important thing is to really start. And, and not give up after that first person if you didn't align with that person. Um, because I went to like, I think I went to like three or four um, before I found one that actually worked for me. Um, so, and they didn't look like me. That's important to note. Like if they don't have to look like you <laughs> either all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, that's another thing. But when I first walked in there, it took a couple of sessions to get comfortable, right? It took me like probably like four sessions to, to really be like, all right, I'm going to actually tell you some stuff, right? Why I'm actually here. Um, and that's okay, right? You got to go at your pace. But the key is to like take some steps, right? Take the steps and start where you are. And then your new baseline comes. Each each step, you move a little further up. So um, I, I want people to understand you don't have to just give it all right then and there, right? Just take steps, but challenge yourself. Challenge yourself when you get a little comfortable and voice that. Say, hey, I'm, I'm a little comfortable, uncomfortable, whatever it is. I'm nervous, whatever you say. But once you do that, now you understand and it's okay, right? You understand it's okay and it gives yourself agency to go ahead and go forward with, with the goal, the mission that you were on. I need to keep you in my pocket. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, like for real, for real, because I often tell people that finding a mental health professional is like dating, that just because the first one doesn't work doesn't mean it's not right. You don't always, sometimes you got to kiss a few frogs, that a lot of it's about finding someone that you feel like hears you and that you're comfortable with. So sometimes it's not going to be the first one or the second one, and you're going to have to Spend a little time, figure out if that's a good fit. If it's not, you may have to go through a couple of frogs. And then I love how you talked about 
you're not going to get the transformation you want on the first session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have some people that they're like, they're like, I, I, I don't feel, I, I don't feel better yet. And it's like, I've only seen you once and we just did an evaluation. Right. There, right. there is, there's some time, time involved, but I, I, I love the fact that you brought out the fact that it's not going to happen all at once. Just, just as if you, you could have met the love of your life and, the first date, you're not going to tell everyone your innermost secrets. Right. And what you typically are going to do with any mental health professional, be there a social worker, a licensed counselor, a psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever it is, is you're telling the innermost truths, the secrets, all this shit you don't want to say. And you're telling them that. So the thought that you do that the first time you meet someone and be like, <laughs> I think it's un- it would be an unrealistic expectation for me as a psychiatrist, but it's also an unrealistic expectation for someone as a patient to think that they may be comfortable to say every single thing immediately. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, the expectations piece is something we really have to be mindful of. Uh, one of the things I, I like to say, and people are like, what? I don't get it. But I'll tell you, you tell me if uh, I need to break it down more is you have to aspire, not expect, right? When you expect, you know, when things don't go that way, it places a certain burden on you, right? Because you just think it's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen that way, you're disappointed, you're sad, you feel a certain way about it. But when you aspire, you're interested in doing the work and you're not so tied to the outcome because you haven't had that yet. Right. And the same thing happens in your sessions. You can't when you expect to just be healed after the first session. How can you expect that? You never had it. There's an unknown about it. So you can aspire to work towards the healing. And then it gives you the license and agency to do whatever the hell that means, whatever you have to do to make that happen. You're going to do it when you aspire to to do something. Can I just have a moment for this one word you said multiple times that I need people to listen to? The word is work. That getting better, be it your mental health and you're in treatment, be it a skill that you need to be able to do a certain kind of function or task or job, be it things you need to do to get healthier because your blood pressure is high. It all takes work. It takes action. And I think so often people just want to feel better. They, they want to feel better and magically make more money. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And and leave out this part of work. I'm not even going to get in a conversation that people typically will have about millennials and the generation after them. But I I think it's so important that we're looking at any of these dimensions of wellness when you're looking at emotional health, spiritual health, physical health, or even when it comes to mindset, is all of these things take action, work, and intention. Exactly. And it's a constant thing. It's not like you just put in and then you get it and then it's just there forever. That's not how it works, right? <laughs> so Yes. So what are, like, because I know you do mindset work, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that people are facing given that there's just 
there's just so much going on right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there is a lot it's, going it's on. It's so much. There is. And, you know, we're seeing it. Like, everyone's world journalists now. So it's putting it at the forefront, even on your feet, whatever. But I, I believe that a lot of people, one, we talked about the exter- and the internal, right? And a lot of people actually hold on to something they, they haven't forgiven themselves for or someone for. And then that just is built upon with all the stuff we're getting inundated with now. It's just building upon that. So if you don't have a solid foundation, when something else gets put on top of it, eventually that foundation crumbles, right? So I think that a lot of us need to go back and just do that work so we can start build, rebuilding that foundation. Um, and a lot of us skim over it. Right. We're talking about mental health, mindset, all those other things. We skim over it. We're afraid to really address what the real root cause is. A lot of work I do with my clients, that's the first thing. Like, And I'll let them know. Like, I'm not a therapist, but you need to know why you have this block right here. Because I'm trying to get you from the present to the future. But you can't get from the present to the future if you're stuck in the past. So a lot of us need to do the work to get out of the past. Whatever happened to you is not you. And it's hard to understand that because some people's had some really traumatic things take place in their life. And being someone who deals with PTSD, I understand that a lot of what you feel is not in the cognitive brain, right? A lot of what you feel is stuck in the lizard brain, as they call it, the primitive mind. Um, so it's just an automatic response. You're not even thinking about it. It's just an automatic thing. So we have to make that so it's not automatic anymore. We have to do the work, get with the therapist, get with the people, talk about it, all these different things. So you're uh, really aware of what you're actually thinking, because once you get aware of it, now you can work on it. Right? Now you can say, OK, I'm thinking about these negative things. Oh, I'm giving this person power over me right now. Uh, I need to heal my inner child because I'm still hearing that voice from wherever it was. And ask yourself, is this me or is this someone else saying these things? All these different things you can do. But first of all, you have to do the work to be able to become aware of this so you can start working on it. That's that's where I see a lot of people stuck. And they're blaming the external things, but it's really coming from here. Because you talked about earlier, you can you can turn the TV off if you don't want to hear that. But a lot of us are like, oh, this is what's really pissing me off. But it's really coming from here. You haven't done something here. Um, and that's where we have to start. It's time for Ask Dr. Erica. I was recently on an episode of When Docs Talk that centered around a discussion around suicide. One question that came up was how to support those that are left behind when someone dies by suicide. So I want to give you two resources that have a lot of helpful information. The first one is the Suicide Prevention Lifeline website. Their website is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. That's suicidepreventionlifeline.org. The second resource is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and their website is afsp.org, afsp.org. Both of these websites provide information along with even more additional resources. They include information you can use as a person that has survived someone dying by suicide, along with if you're needing to support someone that has lost someone to suicide. I want you to have the knowledge you need to survive tragedy. Now back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Okay, y'all out there. He just said another hundred words or so. And I, I don't want to gloss over them because they were over a hundred really good words. So, <laughs> oh, thank you, Doc. so one is the the fact that 
to be able to build, build and heal, you need to strengthen your foundation. And one of the things I heard kind of as a theme is that it's easy to end up so highly impacted by your environment and all of this external chaos when your foundation of your house is shaky. And one of the ways that foundation can be shaky is to me, if one of my old bosses used to talk about this, and I, I think she hit the nail on the head, is that a lot of the foundation you're talking about, it's those foundations that are filled with shame and guilt. And and shame and guilt show up in so many different ways. There's, there's shame and guilt from disappointments of feeling that we were inadequate or did something wrong. Mm-hmm. There's shame and guilt that comes up from traumas or things that were done to you. But a lot of times that shame and that guilt, they, they're they the best base for a house of cards to fall, <laughs> to fall down. And the, the next is being able to do what you need to do to be able to live in present moment awareness. And for some people, what's holding them back from present moment awareness is something that we can work on only with a coach. There are times where you can have the best mindset coach around, but part of the things that are getting in the way and challenging you from having present moment awareness is another mental health issue. So it's not uncommon to see people have a mental health professional and a coach. Exactly. Because as you said, you said, I'm not a therapist. And I I think that's really important to recognize, which is coaches do great about kind of putting linking things together for you and helping you see where you need to go. But sometimes there's something else in the background that your coach can't fix. And it doesn't mean your coach can't do great work, but sometimes it's great to do therapy or handle your underlying mental health issues. And for some people, it's not even having a diagnosable mental health issues. They're just kind of challenges and subtherapeutic traumas and cognitive distortions that are going on that it's great to have that person just hold space for you so you can process that which then frees up more mental capacity to do that action that you need to do with your coach. And so I'm actually a huge fan of the mental health professional coach pair. Me too. Um, I actually like, that's one of the things I look at when I, when I um, speak with a client during discovery calls, discovery phase to see if we align uh, is, you know, what are their obstacles? And then I always ask, like, are you with a therapist now? Have you ever gone to therapy? Right. Uh, because most of the things when you think about mindset, it is tied to something that happened back then. Right. These obstacles come from uh, from there. Uh, so I partner with a lot of therapists just to make sure like I have some like, hey, I, I have a couple of people you can go to uh, because I know that that naturally can be a, a piece of, of how we can get people ascending in life, how we can get people understanding their power, how we can get people really living again, because a lot of us are just going through the motions. So, yeah, I, I'm a huge advocate for that, too. Um, just going like, don't be ashamed of it. Like, don't be ashamed of anything you've gone through. It's it's tough to say, but it's like a lot of the things that people go through, especially as a youth, they had no control over. Uh, but we we have that that mindset like oh what could i've done differently right now you're thinking about it but it's a lot of times you have to realize like you can't control everything um so now what can we control now is the key um in order to see that though you have to do that work for that um, or else you're just gonna it's gonna be a vicious cycle 
You're going to be stuck in that loop. Right? You're going to get get okay. You're going to be doing well. And then something's going to happen and it's going to regress until you face it head on. Well, there's um, something in psychiatry and psychology that they call the compulsion to repeat. Mm-hmm. And it's this compulsion to do the same thing over and over again to try to get a different outcome. And as we know, that often doesn't happen and it can relate, it can repeat in relationship patterns, behavioral patterns. And that's one of the reasons it's great to get that help so that you're not doing the same thing over and over again and just frustrated. And a lot of times when people are frustrated, then that leads to feelings of failure and inadequacy. Yeah. And and what's interesting is I've also seen it on the other side where they will repeat, to fail, it's almost like they self-sabotage, right? So I've had clients who are like, why can't I do that? I know this is going to work, but they really fear success because of what's happened. Again, if you don't go get that help, you don't realize that. But they fear like, they're like, someone told them they weren't going to be anything. So when they go past that, whatever they said they weren't going to be, now they feel like they have to bring themselves down and then they confirm it. You know, that old confirmation bias thing. They do something to self-sabotage them or they don't do the last step and they're like, I don't know what, what this is. And this, it's turned out that they just fear success because they have this this thing that they can't be what they're going for. Um, so it's it's really important to just get help and you never know what's going to come up for you. <laughs> you know, you, you never know what you unpack. Even people who feel fine, I recommend you go because, you know, I've had people come to me like, you know what? I thought I was cool until I got into that therapist room and you started talking, man, and everything started coming. I'm like, I didn't, I, you know, people forget about things that happen. You know, you store it away and wherever you store it and like something happens and it just comes up. So it's just, I think it's just a, a, a great way to just release. I, I think it's super important right now too, yeah. because one of the things I, I tell people is, is that we're in a season where, a majority of people are on some version of the struggle bus. So the person you would have called or chatted with in the past when you were feeling stressed or overwhelmed doesn't have the capacity to hold space for you right now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like now even more than before, it's important to have someone hold space for you because in this country, they've literally have waged war against, it feels like almost everybody at this point. Between being black, between everything that's against the LGBTQIA community, the Roe versus Wade, going against the women, it's always something. It's something, it's, yeah. It, it's something. It's it's so much that you know. I really feel like just to be able to maintain and to be at your highest level of of functioning, because one of the things we often see, and I'm sure you see it with your coaching, is with high performing professionals or people that do well at getting by. Cause you know, I have some people that have similar issues that they may not be the most financial well off, but they, they hold it together. Is right. that you get used to this certain level of, of stress and overwhelm to the point where it feels normal and forget how much capacity and potential you have that's going untapped. Right. Right. That is, yeah, that <laughs> you said a word right there. That is key. Like you do forget like, wow, you know, like I have all these things, but I was, it's because you're holding on to so much mm -hmm. other stuff. And it's like, you, you really get sucked into that. Like all the, the crap 
that's going on. And you, like you said, you always feel like you're waging war. Even just walking outside the door, you're like, oh, what's going to come today? And we have to, That that's another thing, like that release. It's like, one, protecting your energy like we talked about earlier. Two is controlling the things that you can control, right? One of the things you can control is what you do. You can't really control what everyone else does. And if you continue, you start worrying about that, now you're going to get into some trouble, right? So control what you, how can you impact the change that you want? And then how can you protect your energy and make sure your family, your friends, your circle um, is on that same wavelength where they're not getting, you know, bogged down by that feeling, right? That pain, that trauma, that the story, the narrative that's happening. Because we just really have to do what we can to write our story. And when you do what you can to write your story, you serve with compassion, you serve with empathy, you um, you see it, uh, you, you look for the good, you look for the positive, look for the things that you can change. It, it just changes your whole, the lens that you see things through. Um, and one of the people that I always look back to when I start to feel myself get a little angry or get frustrated about how the world views, you know, black people and black men and black women um, as a whole and what all the stuff is going on. I think about Victor Frankl, you know, Victor Frankl, the, the, he wrote Man's Search for Meaning and he was in the concentration camps, right? When the, the, you know, Nazi Germany type of thing. And he lost virtually his whole family during the Holocaust. But the, the thing that always sticks in my mind is he looked at it like, man, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the Germans who had to kill all of my family because I can't imagine what what you had to have in your mind to to do that, right? And that's how I look at it with the world. I'm like, you know, I feel bad for them because hate is hard. It's hard to walk around tense. It's hard to walk around with so much hate in your heart where everything everywhere you look, like you have something negative to say. That's hard. And that's stressful and that's straining. So I look at it the other way. When I serve in, in lightness, when I serve in kindness, when I'm serving in compassion, that allows me to say, you know what, what can I do to combat all this stuff? I'm not even going to worry about this here. I'm going to look at what what's in front of me. I'm going to look at the people who are listening to me now and see how I can uplift them. Because if one of those people do what they said they wanted to do, now they can help someone that's behind them. And it's just going to be a change. That's really the only way we we create this generational change is if we focus on what we can control, focus on what we can do. You know, you think about the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's. They did things different ways. They did it in their way, but they didn't worry about what each other was doing. They just said, I'm going to focus on what I'm going to do. I know my mission and I'm going to carry it out. And that's how I, I, I see it. Like I, I know my mission and I'm going to carry it out the way I can. Because if I worry about everything that's going on in the world, all the mass shootings, all the killings, all the murders and all that stuff, I personally would never be able to move forward because I would carry that so heavy on my heart that I would be in this room, in this office, sitting here on this couch crying every day if I carried that. So I have to make sure that I'm not taking all that in. And I, I hope that everyone else does the same. Like clean your social media feed, make sure it aligns with the life you want and who you want to be, you know, um, and clean what you're watching. Everything you take in has to be in alignment with the life you want to live and the person you want to be. And that's, that's that what I'm saying in a nutshell, pretty much. I'm a fan of that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm down with that plan. I'm totally right. down with that plan. Before <laughs> we change gears, I have one last question for you because you know, I even though I didn't read your whole bio out loud, um if someone just looked at you now, they think, Oh, he's he's smart, he's successful, as they say for our people, he's so well spoken. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm 
Um, and and you also have a lot of insight. And it doesn't sound like this. How you're showing up right now, it's all. It's kind of like all the sparkly, pretty stuff. What was? Can you tell the audience about maybe one of your larger challenges and how you pivoted out of it to help you get to where you are now? Yeah, great question. I And I can tell y'all that it's definitely has not been an easy road, but that's the beauty of life, right? It doesn't matter where you start or the adversity you face, because if you still have breath in your body and agency in your mind, you can make something happen. And that's really what it's about. You know, coming up from growing up in Rochester, New York, we had one of the highest murder rates per capita. If we were the size of Chicago, we probably would have had the higher murder rate, right? So um, it's it's important to note, like, the situations, and we're talking about getting all these external factors, right? So I was a person who had low confidence. I had anger issues. You know, I got in some trouble at 17. I faced seven years in prison for an assault and robbery charge. Um, and really what, it, really what it boiled down to is God, right? God gave me another chance. He told me like, this is not the path you're supposed to be on young man. And he got me out of there. Prosecutors dropped the case after about a a month and a half of me being in jail, awaiting trial, awaiting sentences. And the only reason that that happened is because the the victims never showed like those. And I thought about that. I thought about that the day my mom and my sister came to visit me. um, And we was in that visitation room and we were sitting there talking and my mom had put up her house um, to pay for a lawyer for me, right? So I didn't have a public defender. Mm-hmm. So, cause she didn't want to see me end up like the rest of everyone else. So she put up her house and that spoke something to me, into me, uh, that really gave me, you know, some value because I thought I was valueless at that time. I was like, man, money is the only thing that matters and we don't have any, right? So we just like the have nots walking in the hood, right? Seeing each other, killing each other. Cause we're upset. Cause we can't figure out how to get out of this bubble this cloud of despair. We were all in the same thing together, but that turned us on each other. Um, and I wanted to change that when I came out, when I got that second chance. Uh, so I I was trying to figure everything out. I couldn't afford uh, college. So I tried college route. I found myself going down the same path. I always worked, you know, uh, a, a job. Right? And when I got out of jail, I ended up working two full-time jobs because I couldn't afford college. So I was just like, I'm gonna just work, stay busy so I don't get myself in trouble again. But when I tried the college route, because I couldn't afford tuition, I found myself on the campus hustling, you know, doing doing stuff again. So I was like, I'm going to just drop out. And then years later, at the age of 22, the military called me. <laughs> the military really was my savior because it allowed me to tap into some things that I never would have tapped into. I, I truly believe I wouldn't have found my path if I never said yes to signing up for the military. Because the military gave me leadership opportunities. Um, it taught me skills that I could use within the civilian world to take me up, like IT, all these other things that I wouldn't have learned. Um, it gave me an opportunity to like motivate people, to learn, meet people that was outside of that, that cloud that I talked about earlier, that sphere of pain. Uh, and meeting them just opened up my world to how big the world is. So that's why I always talk about now, like travel is one of the keys. If you really want to live a great life, like travel and see, because it gives you one, it gives you a a point of gratitude where you can say, okay, these people are going through this. You can go to the most beautiful place on the planet and you see the poverty and the pain, but they're not upset, right? A lot of them are not upset because they have it in their mind. They're happy anyway. The money, they understand something that we don't understand here is that money is not everything. 
it's easy to say, but when you see people like this society puts that on you, that you need to be making a certain amount to be happy. And it's just not the truth. It's not the case. Um, so, yeah, so that's a part of the journey. And then fast forward to my third deployment to Afghanistan in 2016, came home in 2017. Now, this is where the healing really started because there I was just going through it. I was upset. I was going through things. I didn't know about depression at the time because who talks about that, right? Coming up in the, in the black community around these times. Um, so I get home 2017 and it's probably like six months after I get home from the deployment. Now, when I was deployed, there was a suicide bombing that happened and I was a part of the remains cleanup team and all that other stuff. Oh, so that's it, terrible. Yeah, I didn't realize how it impacted me. I was like, I'm, I, all right, cool, I'm going to do it. But started having nightmares um, and got into this really, really, really deep depression. And I remember calling my sister, uh, my older sister, same one that came to visit me when I was in jail. And I told her, I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. And I just started apologizing unintelligibly. You know, I don't even know what I was saying. She probably couldn't understand. She just knew I was in distress. And only thing she had to say was two words, get help get help. And I was like, oh, she just gave me the approval to get help because I had never really opened up to them in that way. Like I had, I felt like I had to be Superman. And a lot of people feel like this, like you have to be everything and you don't want to be a burden to your family. That's a myth. I want people to know who's listening. That is a myth. You're not a burden, right? They want to be there for you. Um, and that's really what family and friends are for, to support you in a way and, and, Make sure that you're, you know, able to serve at the highest level in your life and make sure you don't um, take it too far. Right. Where you feel in in this abyss that you can't get out of, because I want people to understand that that feeling, those feelings are temporary and we don't want to put permanent solutions to temporary problems. And that's what I say about like suicidal ideations and all that other stuff, because I went through that and I was like, I don't want a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I know I can get out of this. I just don't know how. Um, so that was really my introduction into like therapy and everything. Uh, so with the therapy, I learned a lot of cool techniques that I even use today, you know, to help people get through the mindset blocks and everything like that. So my books, uh, everything I do is really tied to that. And now I, I, I use that also in the business world because business people, they don't think about any of this stuff that we're talking about today. They're just like, how do I get the money coming in? Like, but the money is tied to the person that, that's running that business. So all these things just came full circle. And that's how I created Live Not Loathe. Just, and that transformation is, is the name is indicative of the transformation. So when you think about loathing, you know, it's hating. It's, it's a feeling of just despair. You're down. A lot of people don't like themselves. They don't like the life where they're headed. All those things. So I wanted to flip it on his head. And I talked about having agency over your life living instead of existing and that's why i named the company Live Not Low, because it represents everything that i've gone through and the transformations i want to give my clients well after that mic drop moment i have nothing left to say <laughs> <laughs> Better with Dr. Erica. welcome to goodwin medical associates where we provide customized caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a harvard trained double board certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. 
Let me introduce you to Better Nation. Better Nation is the community of people that follow the Better with Dr. Erica podcast that are like you and want to be better, do better, and live better. By becoming a member of Better Nation, you also get to receive member-only bonus content to put you officially in the inner circle. Show notes with timestamps so you don't have to search for your favorite moments and some bonus free coaching tools. So visit joinbetternation.com. That's joinbetternation.com to become a VIP and be a part of Better Nation. Better with Dr. Erica. So, so I think that that's a great note for us to shift into the speed round. Hey, let's go. You ready? Speed rounds. I'm ready. I think I'm ready. <laughs> let's see. All right. What are your three favorite songs? Oh, is this all time or is it all time? All time, man. That's a tough one. There's so many great songs. Wow. Uh, let's see. What's going on? Marvin Gaye is definitely one okay. of them. Um, let's see. Wow, that is tough. I'm excited. To Someone's finally phone. naming ones well, I know because yeah. Went what's a going on, man? Let's see. Um, Changes, Tupac. Okay. And then what's another one? What's another one? Probably some Michael Jackson thing that I can't think of right now. Okay. It got to be some Mike. I don't know which Random one. Random Michael Jackson. Idea. We can put that in. Yeah. There. Random Mike. <laughs> the next thing is what is one free thing that you do for self-care? Man, spend some time in nature. I love going for okay. walks with my dogs. I love going to parks, just chilling, just taking in those sun rays. That's my, that's my thing for self-care. I am down for that. Yes. I enjoy walks. The only thing that's hard is I live in Georgia. I live in Atlanta. And right now it's like 90 something on the regular. So if you don't get out and get the walk early, it's a little, it's a little hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Houston. So I feel your pain, Queen. Yes. I get out early before because, you know, in Houston, it's like 89 and, and 50 degree humidity. I mean, 50, uh, yeah, 50% yeah. humidity. So you'd be sweating before you even do anything. Like, God damn. I know it's rough. So the next thing is, what's something about you that most people don't know? Something about me that most people don't know is probably I used to want to be a lawyer. Um, being a lawyer was like one of my the dreams of mine, and now I just use that to do what I'm doing now. Got it. And I'm down with that. And the last one is, what's something that has helped get you through the pandemic? Something that helped me get through the pandemic is something we touched on early, just like learning to protect my energy, um, cleaning my social media feed, like not looking too much at all the stuff that's going on and being real focused and really intentional with my time. I'm down. See, you you rocked it. You totally yes. rocked. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The, the speed round. So I'd love to ask you, what are your final thoughts and takeaway for the people's? Yes. Final thoughts and takeaways is one, I want everyone listening to believe in themselves. I mean, really believe in themselves. I want you to think of the biggest, baddest goals that you can think of and go for them. Second thing is I want you to get your 360 support system. The 360 degree support system are people who challenge you, who uplift you, who protect you, who inspire you, and who hold you accountable and allow you to be your authentic self unapologetically. If you don't have those people, go find them. And like we mentioned earlier, that could be professional help as well. It's even better if your um, circle includes that. And the third thing is take action. No more waiting. Take action. Physically move towards your goal every day. 
do at least one thing each day that makes you 1% better. And that's it. That's all it takes. Small change, big reward. Well, I'm down with all of those. I can do that. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's get it. (laughs) Even though we will have some of your information in the description, can you tell the people where they can find you? Where can they get some more Javon? Sure. So you can go on all social media platforms. Just search Live Not Loathe. That's L-I-V-E-N-O-T-L-O-A-T-H-E. You can also go to LiveNotLoathe.com, get some books, get some merch, (laughs) and then schedule a free call with me. It's a free consultation called a discovery call. Now, also, if you have a business, I have a business assessment on the website. So again, that's LiveNotLoathe.com and follow me on all platforms at LiveNotLoathe. All right. Now, you know, given given how great this brother has sounded on here, I'm sure all of y'all are about to go follow him because, you know, I'm sure he has more great nuggets of truth for all of us. And I I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see them. (laughs) So if I had to say my final thoughts and takeaways, he kind of took a lot of my thunder. But it's okay. I will get over it. I will not cry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Queen. was stealing my thunder. Uh, (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Is my, my final takeaway is to be honest with yourself because you deserve it and because it's what's necessary for you to actually be better, do better, and live better and have that life filled with joy that you want. So the first is be honest with yourself. The second is I'm going to piggyback on take action. You have to be intentional and you have to take some action. There are only a handful of people that sit around and great things happen and they didn't do jack. It's so rare and random. And most of us don't have, uh, what do you call them? A whole bunch of trust funds and other things to magically make things happen. And all we had to do was sit on our butts. So I want to encourage everyone to take action because that action is the difference between where you are now and where you actually want to be. And no matter where you are on this journey, if you are beginning your journey, uh, feeling like I'm just getting my life together, or you're on your journey and feel like things are going great and you're in abundance, there's always more action we can be or have to be in even more abundance more alignment, and to have more joy and fulfillment. So I just encourage you to be honest with yourself and to take action. Again, thank you so much for listening and investing time in yourself. Number one, I know that you could listen to literally a million podcasts, so I appreciate you choosing to listen to this one. I also have to say thank you so much, Javon, for sharing not only of yourself and your time and your story, but also sharing and giving us your energy when I know there are plenty of things you could be doing right now, but you are choosing to be here with me and to give some of your wisdom off to my listeners. I really appreciate it. The next thing is if you like what you heard, oh, you're welcome. Hey, do me a favor. Can you follow or subscribe? That allows me to bring even better content to you. The other thing is if you also enjoyed, please rate or leave a review. That would be phenomenal. I would love you. I love you now. I'd love you more. And also share. Share the podcast. I don't want this to be the best kept secret. Tell your your friends, your family, your Uber drivers, your Lyft drivers, your DoorDash people. 
your Instacart drivers, your work people, the little old lady you passed on the street. Just tell people about the podcast. I appreciate it. Last thing for you is take your left hand, put it on your right arm. Take your right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself a full squeeze. You deserve hugs, even though we are still attempting to do some physical distancing. I know some people want to think the pandemic is over. It is not. Um, but that's a whole nother discussion. And, you know, you can find us on Tuesdays. That's when the new episodes come. I'm so excited about this episode. And we have lots of really great stuff waiting for you. So if you start missing me too much, you can always binge listen to past episodes and stay tuned to get all the updates about the new episode. So that's why you need to follow and subscribe because sometimes I, you know, hit you with a bonus episode. But all of this is just to say how much I love you. I'm sending lots of positive energy to you. And until next time, have a better day. Peace. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible, but I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.